0: Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm with the uh Man, the myth, the legend, that is. <laughs> I thought I'd do that, Bill. My uh, good buddy my good buddy, my entire Larry, career. Larry,
1: that's living legend, please. Living, oh. living. It's a very important you use that word.
0: <laughs> living, still st- still living. We've got proof. <laughs> We've got zoom. Still living. And uh Bill, this came up. Uh I almost talked about it in the last episode, but Let's talk about it now. This thing about having something to prove. I had something to prove when I came in. First of all, you know, uh, first in the family to go to college and, you know, all of those get a four-year degree and all of that from a major college. And then you go out and, uh, you know, I get the, you know, work hard to prove myself in business so you can keep your job and hopefully move up. But... Uh, you know, then the economy wipes me out. We are the number one building uh, residential contractor in Atlanta. And uh, I was the guy who built it. The other guy stayed inside and, you know, worked with the numbers and everything. And all of a sudden, the market goes down and oil embargo and all of those things. The economy runs these cycles. But... People can't get financing for these houses. They're sitting out there. And my guy that I work for, he said, "Hey, I can't pay for your family and mine." My wife and I had a prayer meeting last night, and miraculously, we decided that our family survives. <laughs> so you got to go. And so all of a sudden, uh, two days before Christmas, uh, with a fi- you know with a toddler at home and another one in the oven, uh, I'm out. You know. And the industry that I was in was on fumes, you know, in a tailspin. So I knew needed to make a change. I came home and told my wife and she did cartwheels up and down the street because she knew that was killing me staying in that thing. But again, you know, it had to be something serious to get me out of that. And so I had a mat on because uh, I had to now go, I had busted my rear, you know, I, you know, president of my class, this, and the other, you get all these awards coming up through the thing. And then now, you know, work 80, 90 hours a week for four years. And now you're standing in line, food stamps and unemployment. And so I was a little bitter about that, but I said, I'm gonna take my time. In nine months, I found this opportunity, found Bob Turley and was off to the races in financial services, you know? And I'll go through why I chose financial services somewhere else. But uh, the point is that I had something to prove. I had a mat on. Uh, Plus, I needed to make money, you know. And, you know, when you start a business, you got to validate your decisions with work. You have to validate your decisions with work. And that will prove that you're not an idiot that you're out not chasing stupid dreams and you know going to be a uh uh someone like a ping pong ball bouncing around the rest of your life you know take your time i took a lot of time investing you know and seeing what industry survived the great depression i i got had to get out of construction i do you know burn me once but i'm not going to allow myself to be burned again and i knew there were seven year cycles in construction feast or famine and I said i'm out of that because I'm not going to be wiped out because of the oil policy in the Mideast, you know, or some other weird thing that I have no control of. I want to get in an industry. First of all, I had to choose an industry that had some stability to it. And I had to get in there where I could make above average income and not be held back by some corporate bureaucrats. And so that's why I got in, but it was something I had very little experience. at. So I had to prove myself. I had to work. And, uh, it did not come easy and that's why you were such, you were further along than I was and that's why you were such a lifeline to me because you could show me the way and uh, give me encouragement and you know give me all of my best ideas or most of them. And so the thing is that I had something to prove but it it's funny how people will say, people who have never proved a darn thing in their life, they go, well, you know, they're landlines like Tom Brady, he doesn't have anything to prove. You know, all the Super Bowls and rings and then he doesn't have anything to prove. Hey, he decided to play. He made a decision to play. He's got something to prove. And what people don't know about was early in the season, I, I, I have basically uh, burned off sports uh over this this last year. It's just too many static things coming in, you know, playing in empty stadiums and all that. But uh, The deal is that you hear stuff in spite of it. You know, I can't help but hear uh, some things, but early in the season, game two, three, four in there, uh, he didn't play that great. He threw some interceptions, and this is a great Tom Brady in a new town. I mean, they were expecting him to be Tom Brady. Didn't matter his age, whatever, he came to play. He's got a contract. He gets on the field. They're putting a team around him. And the coach, Bruce Arians, who's a no-nonsense guy, you know, he blistered him a few times and uh, hung him out to dry a little bit. You know, we need better play at quarterback and stuff like, you know, things like that. And uh, and Brady just kept his head down and kept working. What people don't know, it only came out, Bill, I don't know if you even heard about it, but what was going on at the time was both of his parents, who are elderly, uh, had got COVID. And they were both in the hospital and he's on the phone to them and he doesn't know how it's going to go with them. I mean, he doesn't, can't use that as an excuse, but obviously Tom did not pay to play to his potential and he got burned for it by his coach. He just because he has to prove himself. And now of course, you know, over the long haul, because of the kind of guy he is, he didn't make excuses, took, you know, took, you know, picked, he said, I got to deliver, you know, I gotta, I gotta be, be able to deal with this and be able to keep my mind on the game. He made his adjustments and I guess the parents got better and weren't as, he wasn't as traumatic as it was when it first happened. And uh, cause they're in California, you know, he's in Tampa. So the thing is that uh, he had something to prove. If you're in the game, you all, you have to prove yourself if you're in the game or you become irrelevant and they sit your butt on the bench. And the game goes on without you and everybody forgets you're there. You know, it's amazing how quick, uh, you know, like I'll never forget John McCain when he ran for president, you know, he's in the news. He said, you know, all day he's got reporters around him, buses, flash everywhere he goes, you know, crowds, crowds. The morning after he, at 10 a.m., 9 or 10 a.m., I think nine, uh, I re- one reporter was checked in on him after he lost. And there he was driving himself the next morning (laughs) to the local Starbucks to get a coffee (laughs) all (laughs) by himself. (laughs) No uh, Overnight, you know, he lost, came in second. And so, I mean, you could (laughs) disappear pretty quick off the scene, your impact, and uh, you don't have to go totally irrelevant but you can find your business as soon as you start not taking your performance uh, seriously yourself or yourself as a leader and your team and the results seriously. And as soon as you stop pressing for growth, innovating, improving, challenging people, setting new goals, breaking new records, uh, you're toast. You know what? Uh, Elon Musk, you know, they, they, Someone, they tweeted, hey, hey, you're the richest man in the world now. This is like 10 days ago or last week. You know, your value of Tesla went up. I just calculated. You're now the richest man in the world. You know, they sent him a message. He said, so he texted back. Wow. He said, really? I hadn't thought about that. He said, and then that was one text. And the next text was, oh, well, back to work. (laughs) Yeah. Because <laughs> he he knows that stock could crater in a minute, you know, and so uh we always it, we need to accept it. You're always going to have something to prove unless you're ready to just quit entirely. You know, quit entirely and retire and make it a decision that I no longer want to be judged performing in this arena, and I'm going to go on and throw myself into something else. If it's leisure, retirement, travel, grandkids. Uh, charity work or whatever, but don't stay in the game if you're not willing to be judged on your performance.
1: You know, Larry, um, people don't realize that Tom Brady couldn't even get, couldn't start at Michigan. There was a guy ahead of him. And so, and then he comes out, he was a sixth round draft pick. You can't get any lower than that. And so what you see with Tom Brady, he had something to prove, and it's been trying to prove it for 20 years because he knows what it feels like to be a nobody, to not be, they, they, they didn't, he, he was rejected. And there's a thing that a lot of people struggle with, Larry, it's called the curse of early success. And like the old adage that like people say, well, at first you don't succeed, maybe you're a loser. And we tend to uh, say quick, easy, fast success means you're a winner. Long, drawn out, working hard uh, means uh, you're a loser or you're an also ran. And again, failing forward, as John Maxwell had that book, Failing Forward, everybody thinks that successful people didn't have to go through what they had to go through. Ross Perot said, the failure of a lot of people is they thinking that the successful people didn't have to go through what they went through. He said the successful people went through what the failures did 25 times.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And and so we tend to think it's quick, easy, fast. And there's a curse out there for people that think one of the uh, things in our business, the arrogance of people that say, I can understand Larry having to do it that, not me. I was Mr. Everything. I was president. I got straight A's. I got 1600 on SAT score. People don't want to have to go out there and prove themselves. That's why most people that are very, very successful early on, they level off quickly because they don't know how to get to new levels because it came too easy for them. So. In fact, you were talking about, uh, uh, Elon Musk I asked uh, J. Paul Getty, how much is enough? And of course, a lot of pastors love to jump on this one when he said, $1 more than what I'm making now. How much <laughs> is enough? How much Is there ever enough for you? Here's the point, Larry. People in their arrogance say, you should not want out of life more than what I want. And if you want to make more money than I'm making, shame on you. It's like this. There's people on this call that have chosen to have two children. And I'm saying to them, well, you, aren't, is it one enough? Isn't one child enough in this world and everybody is hungry? Or Larry, you got a two-bedroom house. Isn't one enough? Who are you to tell me how many children to have? Who are you to tell me how many bedrooms to have? who are you to tell me how much money I should make in their arrogance? They want to bring everybody down. Right. And they set, their, they set their bar so low that so they don't ever have to achieve. So they justify their lack of success because they had early success real quick and they can't keep it up.
0: Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who've actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business, that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management, and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to WhiteEllenWinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. And the thing is, most of the media, uh, no offense, guys, but most of the media is made up of people that just write about stuff. They don't do stuff. They never it's, did
1: anything. Never get so, anything.
0: So the stuff that is, most of the stuff that's reported and written is going to be from the never did anything point of view. I would say, lo- I would say loser, but I'm sure, you know, they've got a lot of great things going for, them. but it's never had the responsibility, never hung it out and really have no clue what they're talking about, but they're out there analyzing and criticizing and making these pronouncements. And you that's one of the things you got to realize uh, folks, you're listening to this. People are not going to understand you. And there is a a side of life that are going for greatness, but there's a side of life that the rest rest of the world is gonna try to slow you down. Now there's some, they're bad motivation because they're lazy and they don't want you to make them look bad. Some of it is misplaced concern, Bill. Bill, why are you punishing yourself? Why are you putting yourself and your family and Carol and the boys through this and your daughter? Why, Bill? You know, it's just like, hey, you know, it's the thing is like, when is it enough? Uh, you know, they don't understand what goes up. It's not what goes up can come down. No, what goes up will, will come, come down. down. Will come you down. Is it. coming down unless right. unless you don't let it. You know, you do make a massive effort and that's why you run through the finish line, not to the finish line. Cause when you run through the, to the finish line, you like, I did it. And the main thing is you just want to rest and recover and catch my breath and this, that and the other. And you're not thinking past that, but you, you got to think past the finish line as you finish because to keep your eyes up. You know, it's the old story in the Bible of Gideon and how they whittled down, uh, you know, they had the battle against the enemy. And he sent, you know, the word throughout the land for for, for men to come fight. And they had like 30,000 people. And uh, God said, you know, put them through some tests. But the last one was send them down to the uh, creek to drink water. <laughs> And some guys just threw their head down to the water were just, you know, drink, 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 Lapping drink. Lapping like a dog, yeah. Lapping like a dog. But then there were the ones, a few of them, certain ones, they were down there drinking, but they had their eye up, seeing if anybody was coming in from the and side, you know. Yeah. yeah, hand on the sword. And so the deal is, like, that's running through the finish line. You got your water, but I'm... Already thinking about what I'm going to do when I get up from getting that refreshment. You know, I already got my mind headed around there to look for danger, look for opportunities. And so that's what we're talking about here. And uh, I really like what you said the the curse of early success. You can almost, unless there is a leader involved, and that's why it's important for those of y'all that are going to be running companies and developing a core group of people and training up your own core which is the best kind of team to have is the one that you've developed internally because their loyalty has always been with you you know and if you're there you know you challenge them right from the beginning to do great things but as soon as they get that promotion make that breakthrough if you are there to give them instantly a new challenge and to keep them running rather than to settle back uh, and relax. You'll save. You can save them from that inevitable slump, which may or may not be strong enough to totally wipe them out of the business. You know, you never know how long a slump is going to last. You never know how how much it's going to hurt you. But you know, it's not going to help. And it's much easier. It's like being sick. It's better to keep focused on staying well, doing good right. things for your body. Overdo that if you're going to do anything, rather than spring into action when all of a sudden you let yourself degenerate and now you got serious problems. You know, uh, stay ahead of it. So anyway, Bill, you got anything to add to this? You've always got something to prove, and never forget it, <laughs> because people are just the your biggest boosters right now. Your biggest admirers are, they don't know it. They weren't even thinking about it, but they're they are just that far away, <laughs> inches away from totally forgetting uh, about you. Because, you know, most of them are in the game and they're trying to figure out how to move up. Most of them have not made it. Most of them can't relax. And if you kind of relax, it's kind of like, it's like you're in a race with people and you stop running. Well, they're just going to run away from you. You know, it, they don't mean anything by it, but you just no longer relevant. you know? And so you back off, you become irrelevant very quick. Anything to add to that, Bill?
1: Larry, we're not designed, you know, our, our, our country started going downhill with the word retirement when they started a retirement system. And uh, people had this date in mind where they could stop. And they thought they'd live happily ever after. And, you know, my dad when. He didn't want to retire because he called it his death watch, you know, that gold watch that maybe when you turn 55, and they start deteriorating quickly because unless you're on your path to something better, that's why an author by the name of uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin said, there's no word in the Bible for retirement because it's over. You stop serving. You stop serving God. You stop serving the people. But we tend to look at, you know, my heroes, Larry, are people in their 80s. You know, I go to church with uh, Chuck Swindoll, he's 86. Michael DeBakey was uh, doing heart surgery in his 90s. And who are your heroes? The guy that retires at age 65 and fishes all day and plays golf and is bored to tears. I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to sit back and think. That I'll be happily ever after if I don't have to do anything, be someplace, do something, accomplish. Larry, you cannot not do what you're doing. Right. You know, exactly. Jeremiah, he talks about my bones, would, my bones are on fire and, and I must, I cannot not let it out. Right. See, that's when you're going to live a long, happy life. Because why? You're always in a pursuit of a better version of Larry Widell, the best version. And you can't stop thinking, if I stop, the best version of myself will happen. It doesn't happen.
0: Absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, look forward to doing it again. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to wideleandwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.